Today, as an aside, before we even get into the homily, as you hear about the brothers and sisters of Christ, you know, again, fundamentalists love to go crazy with this passage and say, oh, see, Jesus had brothers and sisters, Mary couldn't have been a virgin. Well, it's ridiculous. I mean, it just is. First of all, you're looking at a translation of a translation of a translation of a translation of the scripture, right? Originally written in Greek. Jesus spoke, though, in what language? Aramaic, Hebrew, you know, probably Aramaic. And so then when they wrote it down 30 years later, because it was all oral tradition, they put it into the Greek. And then later on, the Greek, they changed it into the Vulgate, which was the Latin. And then later on, King James came along, and King James went and took it and put from the Vulgate from the Latin into the English. And then they say, well, this is what it means. Well, that's just not so. You go back to the Greek words, the words could see brother as a physical brother, as a first cousin, or as a member of a fraternity. Now, when the scriptures are unclear exactly what does that mean, then you got to go look at what? Tradition. What does tradition say? What do the church fathers say? What do the people say who were there with him that Mary was ever virgin? The brothers and sisters were not physical brothers and sisters, maybe half-brothers and sisters, because some tradition holds that Joseph was married before. So don't let that be the thing that drives people crazy. And, oh, it says it right there, because you've got to know what it says, and then you've got to know what it, what it means. <laughs> Two different things. But that's what we're going to talk about today. Today we're going to be talking about a prophet. What does it mean to be a prophet? Huh? And uh, because Jesus is a prophet, of course, the supreme of all prophets being God himself, speaking his own word into the world, and a prophet is one by definition who does not sit there and see into the future, though he can or she can, but a prophet is one who speaks God's word to their people today. Now, everybody who is Christian is also, must be, should be, a prophet by virtue of what? Baptism. When we are baptized and we are anointed by the oil of chrism, the word chrism comes from the word Christ, that means the anointed one, and when every one of us, every single one of us were baptized, we were baptized priest, prophet, and king by definition of our baptism. So that has responsibility with it, that I am called to be a prophet, to speak God's word to the people. Now, every one of us are called to do that. You know, some of us are called to be doing it quietly by the prophecy of our lives, the way we live our lives in relation to the world. Some of us by speaking words, some of us by the special charismatic gift of the word prophecy. But all of us are called to be prophets. There's no way you can say, I don't think I want that one. In fact, if we go as an aside, let's go for a moment to 1 Corinthians, and we've used this before, chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And we're going to be ordering pew Bibles. So even if you come without a Bible, you'll still have to grab one. <clears throat> anyway, so chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians. It says, verse 1, Seek eagerly, hear this, seek eagerly after the spiritual gifts. Seek eagerly after love and set your hearts on the spiritual gifts above all the gift of prophecy. 
So he says, seek after love. Now some of you are looking and say, well, I don't want, I'm telling you, you don't have a choice. If you're going to follow Christ, you got to do what he says. Huh? Now he says, seek after all the spiritual gifts, above all the gift of prophecy. For a man who speaks in a tongue, as we know, is talking not to men but to God. No one understands him or her because they utter mysteries in the spirit. The prophet, on the other hand, speaks to men for their upbuilding, their encouragement, their consolation. He who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, which I just had a test on at Notre Dame. And, uh, but he who prophesies builds up the church. I should like it to all of you spoke in tongues, but I much prefer that you prophesy. The prophet is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless the speaker can also interpret for the upbuilding of the church. So again, sometimes if you've been charismatic for a while, you know this passage very well, and it's in and out of you very nice. But if you're brand new to this, you're saying, what is that? This is what the Word of God tells us, that all of us are called to be prophets. Now, certain people in the community will have a special gift of prophecy, you know, but even with that, when we're called to do that, I believe, and this isn't scriptural, I heard it as a young seminarian, I was listening to Bishop Francis, who was an SVD, who's, uh, he's with the Lord now, but he got up and he preached a homily to a bunch of us when I was in Epworth, Iowa, at Divine Word Missionary Seminary. And he was a black bishop, great, great man. And he says, our job as Christians is to be prophets. And what's the job of a prophet? Is to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. To comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. You ever notice you got a pastor that likes to do this, huh? Every time you feel comfortable, huh? Oh, it gets a little jab there. It's what I was taught. That was part of where I was. It was how I was formed. A prophet is one who comforts the afflicted and afflicts the comfortable. And what he does is he speaks the word of the Lord. And you also know that's the way the Lord deals with each of us, isn't it? You know, the Lord sits here and we're starting to get a little proud, like poor, poor uh, <laughs> Paul here today, as we see in uh, a little bit later on in uh, 2 Corinthians Chapter 12, verse 7. You know, the Lord likes to do this to us, and if the Lord likes to do this to us, well, sometimes we've got to do it. Verse 7 says, But I refrain, lest anyone think of me more than he sees in me or hears from my lips. As to the extraordinary revelations, in order that I may become not become conceited, I was given a thorn of the flesh, an angel of Satan, to beat me, to keep me from being proud. You know, as I was uh, having Mass this past weekend in Elkhart, Illinois, or Indiana. I'm going, I'm finally getting to say this, the, the priest didn't know me at all. He was only 35, had a humongous parish. So I go in there and he said, please come in and say Mass if you'd like to, because he was all by himself. He had seven Masses on a weekend, all by himself. And so I come in there and I'm getting invested. I'm standing in the sanctuary, I mean in the uh, sacristy, and this guy comes up and he says, where are you from, Father? He was the reader, and I says, Erie, Pennsylvania. He says, Erie, Pennsylvania, you're a priest in Erie? I said, yeah. He says, did you ever hear, there's a priest in Erie that puts out tapes. Do you know this guy? <laughs> I says, well, what's his name? Father Larry Richards. I said, yeah, I know him pretty well. <laughs> you know? It was so weird. Anyway, but then someone got me later and says, Father, doesn't that you know, make you a little proud? I says, <laughs> I am the biggest sleaze bucket on all the earth. I know that. Huh? I know the way I am. 
the Lord has never allowed me to get proud for too long. Every time I sit there, even for a second, I think, hmm, I'm doing pretty good here. God whacks me right in the head. And it's not very nice sometimes, but the Lord knows how to keep us down. Huh? Even if you listen to the first uh, reading today. So the devil, uh, uh, God allows the devil, if you will, to beat Paul from being proud. And if you're going to follow him, you've got to allow that to happen to you. In weakness are we strong. And if we listen to the first reading today, go back to Ezekiel. And I want to start at the beginning of it. It's chapter 2. Now, today's reading in the lectionary begins with verse 2. But I want to go back one verse to verse 1. Chapter 2 of Ezekiel, verse 1. When I had seen it, I fell upon my face, and I heard a voice say to me, I think this is very important. If we're going to be prophets, we need to be people that humble ourselves terribly before the Lord. We need to fall on, his, on our faces before the Word of God and before the presence of God in our prayer. It's not just sitting there, you know, all those stuff, and, oh, God, use me. Yes, Lord, yeah, Lord. Uh -uh. It's falling on your face before Almighty God, before His presence. And then, notice, he didn't even get up on his own, because even after the Lord looked at him and says, Son of man, stand up. He's telling him, but he just doesn't only tell him, what does he do? I wish to speak with you, and as he spoke to me, the Spirit entered into me and set me on my feet that when we fall down, we are to stay down until the Spirit of God within us lifts us up onto our feet, and he says, now go. And this is what I want you to say. So it's so important that we who are people of God, who are Christians, are calling to be prophets. We need to be prophets, and the way we truly exercise our function, the way that begins is by falling on our faces in our prayer before him, falling on our faces before him in his word, and awaiting and laying there until he himself lifts us up. And when we do that, then we will speak his word and not what I think God is saying. We will speak what he wants me to say to the community, to the world, to my family, and not what my little personal grudges to get everybody, oh, I'm going to show them. And that's what God wants you to do. Prophecy and prophets begin with their face on the ground before the Lord. And the Lord himself within us will lift us up. Now, when we go and do that, we will become, of course, like Jesus Christ. You do hope you realize that when you're a prophet, not everybody likes you. Huh? Let's look at the gospel. In the gospel here, as we talked about in chapter 6 of Mark, Verse 3, the end of it. They found him too much for them. But sometimes, when we speak the word of God, people will find us too much for them. You're being a real killjoy today, Father. Yep, sometimes you gotta be. Huh? That's why at prep, you know, sometimes I'm the killjoy. They say, Father, why can't you be more like Father so-and-so? He's always nice. I said, nowhere in the Bible does it say priests should be nice. That's so anywhere. Priests should be nice. Priests should be prophets. 
So when everybody's sinning, you got to say, you know, that's not very good what you're doing. Stop it. <laughs> and they say, oh, Father, you're judging us. No, the Spirit of God is just telling you what's right and what's wrong. We need to fall on our faces before the Lord, and we need to be speaking His Word, not in condemnation, but we speak the Word of God for people's upbuilding, so why? They will come to repentance, so why? They will be with God forever, so why? They can be happy, so why? They can be loved. And when we allow them to continue in sin, we allow them to go in the road of destruction, death, dying. So today, what God is calling you to and me to is to be a prophet. You and I need to accept that, and we accept that by saying yes to him, and we exercise that by falling on our faces before him and waiting till he lifts us up in the spirit that we can go forth and proclaim his word and not our own. You got it? You get it? Good. Each of you know his love today and forever. Amen.